0: Welcome, everyone, to this edition of the Not-So-Common Podcast. This is the familial parent edition, apparently. I'm Pat Country, and yeah, I'm home in Pennsylvania for the week, visiting parents after too many games in uh, Oaks, PA. It was a great weekend. It was great. Whoever came out to see me... Ah, my finger's too close to the screen. For those of you uh, who are only listening to this uh, via MP3 and not watching, my fingers were really close to the... To the uh, the iPhone as I'm recording this, I can hear people doing their lawns around here, doing heavy 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 yard work, probably with those earphones over their heads. So I can't hear the weed whacker. Anyway, so too many games was great. I was there with Ian. Uh, we had a great podcast segment on that Friday. So you podcast, uh, I guess, recording live recording, you could say, and it went well. There was a I guess a highlight to many people there. Was we had an argument over Avengers Infinity War and why Thor was being called a pirate and if that was appropriate or not. If that made sense for someone and you know like for like a, a space alien to call someone else another space alien a pirate based upon having an eye patch like a traditional pirate would have in the 18th century, 19th century, you know, uh, Earth, planet Earth. Like it didn't make much sense how it would be the same. Uh, identification of an alien, an alien being identified as a pirate based on occupation. anyway, so that went well but the real reason I was there besides the CU podcast was um, 10th anniversary Pat the NES Punk panel was on Sunday the 24th, June 24th which also marks the 10th anniversary of my YouTube career and I guess you can say internet career online persona career second career You know, even though it was started as a hobby and I quit my day job in 2012 and uh, I spoke about this at my panel on Sunday there. I got a little more emotional than I thought I would about you know the journey that I've taken to get here and how it could have uh, been twists and turns. It could have went other directions. And my life could have turned out a lot differently had I not gone on YouTube, had YouTube not existed, had I gave up on YouTube, which almost happened. So, I mean, you flash back to 2008 – uh, a June, you know, uh, plucky, younger Pat. No gray hair Pat then. I think I had one gray hair that I had since college. After a nervous breakdown I had in college, I had like one gray hair in the front, which graduated period. I have a lot of grays now. So that alone, you can see I've aged in 10 years. But you know, short-haired Pat, uh, spiky-haired Pat, uh, eyes, brows probably a little thinner, still coming down from that metrosexual phase in the early 20s, in my early 20s when it was popular then. How the eyebrows naturally fill out more. It used to be a lot thinner, people. But, uh, so I decided to do this YouTube thing. It was sort of like a like a gimmick, a lark. In 2008, YouTube was still like, what the hell is YouTube? You know, it's like, oh, I heard about YouTube. That's where you saw some viral clips instead of going on, like, Break.com, for example. Or one of those other, uh, you know, viral media sites they had at the time. Before YouTube wiped them all out. And sort of consolidated it. Um, so, I had experience... But obviously with NES games, I've been collecting NES games and video games since the late 90s. At this point in time, I've been collecting video games for like 20 years. But I also had some experience doing short films and filming. I mean, I'd, I'd done films in college. And after, out of college, I was in a couple film festivals. So I did, the, I did that. I threw all that knowledge together. I, I figure, you know, what's the worst I can do with, with, with you know, entertaining YouTube videos? I mean, there was I think I talked about an awful Three Stooges video. I mean, it's actually good that it exists because it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be doing this probably. So there's a YouTube video out there of three, a review of Three studios that's so terrible that it, I said to myself, I can't do worse than that video. It's impossible for me to do worse. I can at least technically be as bad, but at least I know about the Three studios. I know about the NES game, Three Studios because I had it as a kid. So that's what I decided to do. And so I did it. And it turned out, I guess, to be decent enough that I gave it a second try after Baseball Stars. Um... Yeah, so yeah, let me, let me back up. The the Bad Three Stooges video spurred me to do the Baseball Stars video. But then I decided after that that I should probably then do the Three Stooges as my second video. So by that point, though, it was weird to me. The experience of, of being online in front of camera, I wasn't comfortable with it yet. And I think for a lot of people it takes time. And that's the advice I give to anyone trying this out or being brand new. At this is that practice the only way to get better on camera or in front of people is actually do it like I had massive stage fright up until my uh brrr, I say early, early 20s or late teens probably until I was 1920 I had like massive stage fright and then I started doing improv classes and starting to just force myself in front of large crowds and doing performance type things so I could get comfortable even before this YouTube thing existed social media to get comfortable speaking in front of an audience. I mean, I was deathly, deathly afraid of doing book reports in front of the classes. Like in, you know, in grade school, it, it was like the worst anxiety I could possibly have. I was having panic attacks. So, um, yeah. So you're never used to looking at yourself on camera, being or performing unless you actually do it in practice. That's the advice I give people is like, do it in front of a mirror, or speak in front of a mirror, or see how you feel more so than look. Like how do you feel about yourself while you're doing it? How can you adjust internally to that? So, uh, by the time the Three Stooges video came around, I wasn't really sure how I, if I was even comfortable in my own skin doing the videos in doing that character. Then the character wasn't even well defined yet. It it was it was myself, but trying to do something else with it. It it wasn't as I guess as defined as what the NES Punk character would become very soon afterwards. I'd say about even the third or fourth video, it was a lot better defined than those first couple of videos. It got more defined by the Black Box game videos, which were the third videos, and then you had Top Secret episode, which was the fourth video in December of 2008. And then by the time you get to Action 52 in 2009, you're pretty much off and running there. And I'd be forgetting one in between. Oh, the Power Pad games, yeah. I got called enough to be in my freaking Mario Boxer briefs. You know, within a year of doing it. But, um, but anyway, so it, it was always a nice outlet doing the pat the nes punk uh videos because i had a, a soul crushing job that i've spoken about a lot of times where you know, i'm working 55 60 hour work weeks regularly um getting paid decently not not uh, i wasn't getting paid getting paid ver- as much as i was working what my worth was my value a lot of you out there probably think the same way but for i did i definitely wasn't i was doing the work of two to three people so it was high stress a lot of time and so the, the, the NES Punk videos were an outlet, and then soon the Flea Market Madness videos were an outlet. That was, and speaking of Flea Market Madness, that was always a weird, weird thing in, in my YouTube career because uh, I originally shot the first Flea Market Madness in 2008, like right before or right around the time I shot the NES Punk Baseball Stars original episode. So I, both, I shot both and was r- r- wondering what I should do with all this, and I didn't edit that and put out that NES Punk. Um, episode. It's my parents' phone. Their old ass phone. I, I didn't put out that, that Flea Market Manus episode until 2009, a year later. Then it goes up on game trailers. I spoke about this before. And in game trailers, I got like 25,000 views or 30,000 views, which at the time, when means that was massive on game trailers. So, and then you're off and running there. About a year in, I'm pretty confident about myself, even though uh, Channel Awesome was not getting back to me and rejecting me. I knew at least at the time that I was respected uh, even a year in amongst my peers, so um, I was posting everywhere. I was posting on um, the the channel awesome forums. I was posting my videos. I was posting on the Screw Attack. Um, I, I think not the, necessarily the forums. About a year in in 2000, late, 2009, I guess, but by two thousand ten, when they relaunched Screw Attack 3.0, point I was. They had like their user submission system. And you got points for G one points for submitting. So they would feature me on like Sundays. But Game Trailers was great and instrumental, whoever, whoever is out there, I wish we knew, whoever, whoever was running, the user submissions, and the spotlighting them, for game trailers, uh, helped me a lot, because, I remember the black box games, when I cut them up, and those were 30, uh, individual videos, uh, for for, the, for 30 black box games, when I cut them up, and put them on, Game Trailers. That person ran almost all of them for the feature. Then uh, the trick was, if you submitted it on like a Thursday night, on Friday it would come up, he would pick it, and it would be there all weekend long. And now I think I've only, ha- I only had two videos ever featured on the scroll bar on Game Trailers. I think it was Chiller was the one featured. Then I did the uh, Video Game History Museum video of 2000 and of um, 2012, not 11, 11 or 12 with, with, with Rue, and that was featured. But it was it was good to get the word out about me. And yes, those game trailers comment sections. You, th- you guys on YouTube, you guys say whatever you want. It doesn't affect me because I was trained, I cut my teeth on the awful game trailers user comments. You think YouTube is bad? You think you guys are bad? You think you guys are good at trolling? No. Game trailers are straight up, I hope you die, I hope you get AIDS, I hope you get cancer. That's what that's what game trailers comment sections were like. <laughs> I'm gonna beat the shit out of you, you're copying James or you're copying the nerd. I should say that's that's what those comment se- sections were like back then. Speaking of James, I I give James a lot of credit in helping to uh elevate my status as well because uh you know, he gave me the time of day obviously. Uh going back to the ABGN uh NWC video uh in 2011 even though that didn't personally get me a lot of subscribers at the time. Um in the grand scheme of things, People, I guess, knew me from that even years later. So even from this past weekend, I had people saying, oh, I love that video with you and James. So that was great. And I was thanking him for that because, I mean, here's here's a, a guy just starting out. I have maybe six videos under my belt besides the flea Market Menace. I email him for SGC 2010, which was the first ever convention I know I've ever done and been at, was there as a guest. So I emailed James. I'm like, here, we're both from Jersey. Check out these videos. You're going to be at SGC. I'm going to be at SGC. And he actually responded to my email, which I didn't even. Even in 2008, he was probably getting 50 emails a day. He responded to it and he enjoyed the uh, the videos. I think I think I said to Flea Market Madness, he watched that uh, the Russian attack video?" He said he enjoyed with that elaborate Rob fight. I always forget I did that video with my cousin that we actually filmed that over like a six hour time frame. That was fun. But um, he gave me the time of day. We met at SGC and we were like the oldest people there at SGC uh, by like we, we were older by an average of 15 years. We were both thirty there, I believe, and people are running around with their with like their parents were waiting out like an offshoot room. There was a room for parents to sit at SGC 2010. That's how young it was. At my, if you guys, I I didn't do video of my panel at uh, too many games, but I actually asked the audience, is there anyone here? Who was at my panel at SGC 2010. Because there was only about 10 to 12 people total that were even there. Maybe 15. And a guy raises his hand in the back of room. I hadn't come up. Middle of the panel talked to me about it for like 5 minutes. I asked him how old he was. I said, what are you, like 26, 28? He said he was he was 20. He was 10 years old at my panel in 2010. But I, I I made the most of that panel, and I think that at least it maybe didn't impress so much the, the the goers there, the people that were the attendees. But the, like James was there, uh, Spoonie was there, and Pro Jared were, were there. And, and Jared wasn't as big as he was now. He was still sort of like you know a screw tag employee, but he was talented. He's always talented. But at least people that knew me uh, or knew my work or respected me, even if I wasn't known. Even if, I, if I only had like 800 subscribers on YouTube or a thousand subscribers on YouTube, at least these guys. We're like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. I remember going to one of the earlier Magfests I went to probably two thousand um eleven or, or two thousand ten. Uh, let's see what was the first one I went to. Probably two thousand eleven was the first Magfest. It's the, the last one they did in the old the old hotel before going to the Gaylord. Um and then I remember uh Linkara, Lewis, seeing me outside the elevator and going, Hey Pat, what's going on? And I was like shocked because like at the time Linkara was seen as a god on channel awesome. He was one of the probably the top three or four creators there in terms of popularity and he had like a swarm of people around him by the elevator and he stopped talking to them for a, like just like a few seconds to say hi to me who had no one around me who would be around me like who cares uh, you know, who, who would care now but like who cares about that <laughs> but the, the, he all, all these people were were you know sur- not s- surrounding him but around him and then they're looking at me like who the hell is, am I why is Louis talking to me um, so I always had, like, this weird respect for my peers, even though, you know, my work wasn't well known. Uh, I always talk about how Spoonie, I give Spoonie credit for for taking a chance to work for me on that Highlander Endgame video because at the time, you know, there was no real reason for Spoonie to, to work with me. And Spoonie, again, he was, like, probably, the, he could have been arguably the second biggest person on Channel Awesome at the time. And he was big on He was huge on He was a huge YouTuber, Spoonie. Uh, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010. Like he He was gigantic then and so he does the video with me and that helped too that just helped expand the audience so there's a lot of factors there besides yeah i put in i put in the work i put in a lot of energy to uh you know put out a lot of NES punk videos and play market and this is even the, the first i'll say the first five years of my career before i even get to this CU podcast um and you know uh the ups and downs some videos didn't do as well some hit or miss or some videos i can't watch of mine anymore that i've done but that's like any creator they they grow they, they change they not everything you put out there's going to be a even a, a double let alone a, a home run but then you get to like the CU podcast five years in with Ian uh we do this podcast together i always wanted to do a podcast i used to do these like hangouts like live hangout stuff on Ustream that i would then um put on uh youtube and those were terrible i think i think i uh, i don't know if they're on youtube anymore but anyway so the podcast comes out and obviously the podcast helps grow the channel uh, i'd say seven years in, first year and a half after the podcast, it really, it really wasn't growing much. Did so my mom turn off the, the central air? I'm like wiping sweat off my nose here. It's, like, it's, just like, it's just like being back home when I was in New Jersey. My mom would turn the air conditioner off during the summer, which is why I would get nosebleeds in the middle of the night. I, I used to have like chronic nosebleeds for a lot of my childhood. I'd wake up and blood would be over the, over the pillow like a horror movie. Jesus. You know, I'd yell for mom to put, to put the, the AC back on. She'd probably, I guarantee you she'd turn the AC off. I'm going to be sweating like a dog now. Anyway. So, um, so it, it's been a wacky sort of, um, uh, wacky ride. And, you know, other things have come up since then. I now have two podcasts, not the first. I have the Not So Common Podcast, which I think you're watching right now. Maybe? Are you watching this? If a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it. Um, I, I have the NES guidebook. I have a Super Nintendo book on the way. I have other ideas for, for books. Uh, I'm, I'm doing this documentary not for resale I'm executive producing that I'm executive producing and consulting on I'm also consulting on the documentary but I'm also consulting on an independent uh, video game and I'm in talks to do other work like that so you, you know you're never in the same place you were 10 years ago but you're also never where you think you're going to end up but the good news is that I ended up where I am right now because I, I can't imagine being back at my soul-crushing job I should tra- trademark that soul-crushing job uh, SCJ my SSCJ, because I I don't know I would I know where I'd be I wouldn't be I'd be back in Jersey not California I think I, well I moved up to California to try to do screenwriting I'm not sure I talk about that that much because I wrote a couple screenplays uh, feature length ones and then never really took off because I I never got time to really process with all my with all the, the soul crushing job have time to really be creative and write but I can at least do these these these, these well be creative and do these, these short videos these short NES punk videos still whether it's playing super dodgeball and really playing dodgeball and going through that process, doing the Collider 6 and one video, doing a Grab 16 Christmas video, having someone uh, named Denise show up my videos, shooting something with a dominatrix. It, it, it always seemed to um, at least f- fill that hole in my heart that I was doing something that at least some of you out there thought was fun. Of course, I still get Pat. Ten years later, you still can't act comments or ten years later, I still want to punch you in the face. I, well, thanks. You know, I'm here. Give it a try. Um, <laughs> maybe punch me in the face will make make my acting skills finally come out. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so I I'm humbled that at least at least some of you some of you guys hate me and still watch me, but you're still helping me out by doing that. But I'm humbled that that I've gotten to this part point in my life because a lot of people don't last even a few years on YouTube or social media, or they burn out and they move on. I found the sort of niche where I think I can be comfortable doing what I'm doing. And I enjoy doing what I'm doing. You guys enjoy it. I, I, could, I can live off it. Um, and so everyone wins. Listen, but The haters don't, but everyone else wins. There's some people like go to conventions I see that talk shit about me online but don't say anything to my face. They hate that I'm doing this video. They wish I would go away. Well, guess what? I ain't going away. And you're going to hear more about me and my projects for the next five, ten years. Oh, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll probably step out of limelight at some point. But for now, I'm here. So what was I saying? I'm looking at uh, my at my computer here about stuff I should talk about. Uh, the 10th anniversary of the NES Punk. So there is a 10th anniversary video coming out. Uh, if you're on my Patreon, patreon.com slash patcountry, the first four minutes, a rough cut of the first four minutes, is up to view. I cannot finish it while I'm at my parents' house. Like, I, I don't have my laptop uh, computer with the editing software on it that's powerful enough to edit that's the macbook air can't do it i don't i don't have the the external hard drives to edit but when i get home i'll i'll do it it'll get out there and hopefully guys say i still can't act. So i find that endearing because you don't know that it's written that way uh which i think it's cute still the lovable goofable nes punk character uh and go back to watch uh read that wired article from a few months back about me uh, you can Google, it. Google Pat Contry Wired article, it should come up. And that gives you some insight into what's been, uh, you know, going on in my life and things I've been thinking about in terms of where does the NES punk character end up. You know, I don't make money off the NES punk character. I almost never have. The only, I guess the only way you really quantify how, in terms of any, any sort of actual profit versus time put in, would be like, I guess the DVDs, the few DVDs I put out. Or the wristbands. I gotta find the wristbands right now. That's really it. That, you know, I, 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 I even like three, four years in, I always kind of knew that, like, I'm never going to be like a one of the biggest YouTubers. I'm never going to have you know, a million subscribers or two million subscribers. I sort of re- resigned myself to that because I didn't want to get caught up in that rat race to begin with. And now you hear about YouTubers burning out trying to even reach that status. I mean, I I know some YouTubers, I won't call them out by name, but I know personally that having burnt out for years, uh, just, just with the YouTube struggle. I mean, I think I've been semi burnt out just on everything, including the book and the DVDs and all the travel. But, but just burnt out on the YouTube grind. Every week after week, trying to, to you know, put out the content and get it out there and get it in the algorithm, get it seen. And the algorithm changes, and then their videos, their views plummet, and their revenue plummets, and blah blah blah. So it's 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 a tough tough grind. But I will say this though. So. The NES Punk videos, if I can simplify them and still do them every now and then, then that's fine. Flea Market Madness is another story. I have about 10 to 12 shot. And um, I can edit those. But it's going to get more and more depressing to edit them because it's less and less stuff that are in them that are entertaining. And and some of you might say, well, it's funny just to follow you along. But it's not not fun for me to to go out to the events, to, to the Flea Market and not find anything. And it's not funny to edit them. It's not fun to edit them at all. And I don't want to do something I don't enjoy. So there's, there's YouTubers out there that do content they don't enjoy, and I never want to be that. I, that's something I always want to stay away from. Um, I mean, part of the reason I did the podcast, I want to do the podcast with Ian, because I could talk about things I want to talk about. And for the most part, we talk 95% of the things we talk about are stuff we really want to talk about. And so uh, thanks to Ian for for coming on board and sticking with the, uh, the CU podcast. I think he said he thought the podcast would last six months, which I don't know why he, he said that. Because when I say I'm going to do something and try to stick to it, I, I do it. I usually don't give up on things. When I, when I say I'm going to move out to California from Jersey, I'm going to do it. When I, when I say I'm going to do a, a DVD, I'm going to do it. When I say I'm going to play every NES game in one weekend, or excuse me, in, in one day, or I think it was 30-something hours. When I say I'm going to do that, I'm going to fucking do it. Word, your integrity means something. and should for all of you out there. Your word should mean something. And thanks again for people that have supported the NES Marathon in the past Jesus Christ! Nine years, eight years, uh, helping helping raise over one hundred thousand dollars for both children's hospitals and for uh, disaster relief, which was the last year. So, and then, then I'll come back. Um, I am probably going to start streaming either on Twitch and or Facebook Gaming. People are starting to do that. I think Norm is doing Facebook Gaming versus Twitch. I think Gerard's doing both, and um, I think there's a creative outlet there for me. Plus, I'm also going to be playing games to help finish up the Super Nintendo book, so why not play Super Nintendo games while you guys watch me, it's just deciding how I'm going to do it, emulators kind of frown upon, or I can do like the analog, Super Super NT analog, but it has to have like a screen capture thing on it, um, am I rambling, no, it's just a weird journey, again, that my life could have went in a totally different direction if I decided to quit after that Three Studios video, because so I almost did, I almost shelved that second NES Punk video, that Three Studios video, it almost didn't come out, but I did that third video, which was the Black Boss games, and I was off and running. And I was like, okay. I think I got I, – I, at the point, I, like, eh, I think I figured – I think I had this figured out a little bit. I'm, I know the attitude of the character or how I want to present. I, I know now the sense of humor I should be presenting. Not too uh, ordinary. Not not too uh, – not too vulgar because that's covered by another YouTuber. Like I, I kind of figured it out. I figured it out there. Let's um, see the other highlights from this ten years. Uh, Nintendo Hymn Rhapsody that helped a lot working with Brent. Uh, I, we both wrote the song. He obviously did the lyrics. We he didn't make that much off it in terms of time and money. Uh, he lost money working on that. Unfortunately, I mean he had friends help compose that and do the the audio mixing and play the instruments and the guitar and everything. But that that video went viral. It got taken down off his site by the I guess the Nintendo or or people or the. Uh, Freddie Mercury Estate, they said it wasn't parody, which I thought it was. And Brent's like, well, we can't really fight it over the money. So it's still my on my It went viral on my channel. I think it got like 300,000 views in a, in a few weeks. And that's viral for us. I mean, at least back then. That was 2012. Um, was it 2012? Yeah, it was 2012. We did that for an, we did that for an NES marathon. Um, put that out. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of the work I've done. I'm proud of the, the consistency uh, of work overall um in terms of I I have never taken a, a long break like uh not that you, you should take breaks every now and then I should have taken a break honestly back in December and January when I was moving I should have done that uh but you know it, it's a very fragile ecosystem due to with algorithms and people's uh, taste changing and the uh video style du jour you know should I should I do the top 10 trends should I do the is it worth it trend or any other trend that's out there? I'm not saying if you're a creator, you can't do that. But for me, I never wanted to chase what I knew was going to get those hits. Because then my my thought was always, yeah, I could do that. But then do I want, want my brand to become that style of videos? And then what am I really then? Do people want to watch the videos for me and my content and my personality my opinions or they just want to watch any one. Uh, any other person can then could do it, do the same top 10 any other person can do that other style of video that i'm doing right now because i know it's popular and i always want to try to avoid that because in the grand scheme of things then you're, you're selling yourself short because then you're focusing more on being a either uh not even a trendsetter a trend follower and you're really then just seeing how can i game the system of youtube or how can i at least keep up with it the YouTube system versus working on what you like to do, like like James never followed the the trends. He just said I'm going to do these short films that I enjoy doing. I have an audience that likes them, and the hell with the rest of it. And that's and it works for him. Then again, he's cut sort of detached from the YouTube stuff, which I wish I was. But um, and I tried the Let's Play thing with Ian. Fortunately, I didn't get off the ground because that's when he first got his uh, NES. His nerve entrapment syndrome. He got his NES. He actually got it, the NES. Uh, fortunately, he's a lot better now physically, so that's good, uh, you know. And, but the not so common podcast is fun. You guys are watching it now. Try to think of anything else I should talk about uh, with that. Oh, uh, let me talk about this real quick before I get into nostalgia. Um, but, yes, yeah, so anyway, to, to finish up on this topic or the, the 10th anniversary topic, thanks so much. To everyone out there for sticking with this. And, and it's always uh, heartwarming to hear, like, oh, I've been watching your videos since, like, Caltron six and one or since, like, Black Box games or since, like, like the, the OG Pat fans. All 400 of you out there that were there from, like, the first year or so. Well, Caltron would be two years in, I think. That was December 2010. The first video Ian was in. But the NES Punk 10th anniversary video is going to come out soon. I have to go home and edit it. I wish I could edit it here. I wish I could like log into my. I, there is, isn't there, a software you can like log into your computer and use the resources and software and it'd be a slight delay. I used to do that at my work, my work job. I used to. They didn't know that. I used to like remote log into my computer and then surf the net on on uh, that system. So then they couldn't tell I was surfing surfing the web on the uh, on their computer. They just saw that I was logged in somewhere, but they couldn't see on my computer's web browser. Back like in Jersey what I was doing, at least so I hope so. I was not doing anything bad. But nowadays you have a freaking smartphone, so I'm recording it. I'm beautiful. The smartphone looks better than the, the first camcorder I did. That first H D camcorder I had, which was barely H D. Or I had the S D one first, which I bought for my sister's wedding. I bought that Sony for my sister's wedding. Then I bought the Canon uh one with the tapes. Mini eight the mini D V tapes, which was eight which was almost full H D It was like fourteen forty by um 1440 by 960 instead of 1280 times 960 so so yeah it's been it's been it's been fun it's been fun and it's not going to end anytime soon i'm going to put up uh pre-orders i'm going to put up pre-orders on uh ultimate so right now that redirects to i think it redirects my shop account uh, for a certain, NES guidebook and other things in DVDs. So check it out. Help support support me by uh, <laughs> checking out that uh, that guidebook. And by the way, thanks again for that. That was overwhelming the support for uh, back in the what was that fall of 2015, almost three years ago. Uh, that Kickstarter was overwhelming the support and the pre-orders after that. I did I did almost as many pre-orders after the Kickstarter before the book came out as I did to that point. And so that was overwhelming. And so. I know at the time I said I didn't want to do a superintendent book, but I think people really responded to that book in a way. Because no book was done like that before, with that sort of uh with that sort of size and quality, that that sort of in depth look at the whole library, not just an art book. Nothing had been done like that before for the NES. And and I would argue nothing still has been done like that for the NES. So I figured why not put out a superintendent book just like that? And so it's like eighty percent done. There's going to be a Kickstarter in the fall for it. But if you don't want to wait, I will put up, and I will have an official announcement probably on the CU Podcast or on social media. I will have like pre-Kickstarter orders. Like if you want to save a little bit of money and just get it on there, I'm going to put that up on my website uh, as well at ultimateNES.com, ultimateSNES.com. I think I own multiple domains of these that redirect, and I will have that up within the next few weeks, we'll say. My my year is basically going to start – my year that I thought was going to start like in March is going to start now in July because now that the castle contract is being worked on, and um, the, the alien punk 10th anniversary is out of the way. I am a lot more rested than I was even a few months ago. Um, I could tell you guys might not be able to tell you go back and watch me like in those January and February podcast clips I look I am destroyed from i'd say the last three months of two thousand and seventeen so i'm a lot better place right now, uh, a lot better place before I get to. The next topic, let me tell you about sponsored Dollar Shave Club. Right now, you can go to dollarshaveclub.com slash pat, and you can look at the executive razor there. Six-bladed razor. comes with four cartridges. It's only $1. It's $1. Free shipping. No commitment. You cancel any time. I used a razor. Ian, when he has shaved, has used it. I'm going to hear nothing but good feedback about it. So go to dollarshaveclub.com slash pat. Get that executive uh, razor, try it out. No commitment. It's a trial. One buck. Cancel anytime. Free shipping. Dollar for a nice razor with four cartridges. You can't beat that with a stick. Yeah, that's that's what's going on there. And I don't have any way to edit this, so I'm just gonna, I'm free bowling this right now. I'm not using the Dollar Shade Club I'm on my ball though, but I'm free bowling this. And I'm not putting any graphics here because I don't have any editing software for that. So, um, I went to I went to a casino. Literally last night, I had to take a power nap to record this. I almost got into a fight. I was playing Shaq Blackjack. Now, this casino, I'm guessing other casinos have this too. They have the, they, these like, um, you, have, you have the dealer now. It's like communal Blackjack. There's like 25, 30 people that can bet on the same Blackjack hand. So you have a dealer up dealing three community hands that you choose on your video. You get a, your own video screen, you put your money in, you hit buttons. But it's real blackjack. It's not video blackjack because the dealer is doing it and a camera is looking at what the dealer is doing, with them dealing the hands out and then there and then the, the, the house hand, the, the dealer hand. Um, so you pick one of three hands to play. Um, you can switch after every hand, and then you put in your bet. Put in your bet, obviously, for each hand, and then it's the same rules as black a blackjack. You see the dealer, uh, you know, put the two cards, and then you can you hit, you can stand, you can split, you can double down, you can get insurance if the dealer is showing an ace. I'm not, not going to get into the total rules of blackjack here. But there was this douchebag with a red tomato-like face, s- smoking and drinking, and uh, two years away from a stroke, you know, he's probably, let's put it this way, he's probably 30, but from the amount of stress, basically, he looked like he was 40 at least, or 45. I looked younger than him. And he was getting pissed constantly, because I, I guess, I mean, blackjack, if you know how to bet blackjack, you have a roughly 50% chance if you do the proper betting. If you know what to bet when your face, when your face card is showing uh, versus the, you know, the, the dealer's card. Like, the, 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 with the face card the dealer's card showing versus the two cards, your total. Like, you have to know what to do in general in order to get to 50-50. But, you know, in general, it's like 48% chance of, of winning at blackjack. It's never going to be 50% at any game in a casino. It never is. The closest you get to is blackjack and craps. If you know how to bet, you get close to 50%, but never really 50%. Otherwise, the casinos can go out of business. So... He was getting pissed because some people were like, like you're playing your own hand. So picture being at a, t- a table. So 10 people can be playing hand number two. Two people can be playing hand number one and five people can be ha- playing hand number three. So you're waiting for the other people to guess because some people can hit more on one hand than the other people. So you have to wait. And the cards keep getting deployed to the people. But if you're on your hand and you're done, if you if, you're, if you held your hand, if you are held, say, at, say at 17, you're, you have 17, that's it. You're, you're fine. You stand. You still have to wait for the other two hands to go through. But you don't see what cards are. But he was just getting so pissed and belligerent at um, people splitting hands or 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 hitting when he thought they shouldn't. And blackjack players are the worst at doing this, especially when you're live because they're, they're superstitious lot. They're idiots because they think that like if you say say you say the dealer's showing a a, uh, a, a three, and you have um, fourteen, the book will tell you. That you should not hit, that you should stand there. You should stand at 14 or 15, whatever. And if the dealer's showing three, they are more likely than not to bust trying to get to 17. They'll probably, they'll probably uh, first car will probably be like a nine or a ten, they'll get like thirteen or twelve, and they'll get another nine or ten, they'll get twenty-two or twenty-three and bust. That's the, the law of averages, it doesn't happen every time. So, with these superstitious morons will yell at you, and I've seen it happen myself and other players. That if they don't think you're making the correct bet, and the dealer doesn't bust or then beats their hand, they will yell at you for screwing up the hand for everyone. When it's all fucking dumb luck, what the next card is going to be, all luck. So this guy was yelling. He yelled at me two times. But we we got into it because he was saying because I was splitting. I was splitting um, face cards when the, and, and I was splitting. I was basically splitting twenty, which which you you. You're not supposed to do in general, but it was working for me. I was splitting it when the dealer was showing like a two or three or four. Because what would happen then is when it, if I had like a king and a queen and I split it, I'm not sure you're allowed to do. It. I thought you were supposed to be able to split the same card, but it was allowing you to split like a king and a queen, or splitting a jack and a and a queen and a, and a king. So I was splitting it and starting with ten for each, and I was getting like a, like. A, King and ace, which is 21, not blackjack when you split, but I was getting like 21 or 20 and 19 a lot. And, I, and I'd say three quarters of the time when I split versus a bad dealer hand, I was winning both hands, so it was working out for me. But that guy was yelling every time it didn't work out for him after it worked out for me because, you know, more cards for me, the dealer then has, has different cards when they finally hit because the dealer hits last after all the players go through and hit and take more cards. So he was just being an asshole to me and other people. And I was telling him to relax. Like, come on, dude, calm down. And he was just like yelling and saying, fuck off to me. It's like, shut the fuck up. Because here's the deal, people. Don't be that blackjack player. Because here's the thing if you're going to complain when someone takes a card when you don't think they should and it quote unquote ruins the shoe for them and then they don't win, are you going to come over and give me a hand job when I make the bad decision that you don't like and then, it, and then the dealer then busts and then you win? No, of course you're not going to do that. It's, a, it's superstitious bullshit. Don't be an asshole when you're gambling. And the guy can say like, oh, well, we got hundreds of dollars at stake here. It's like, yeah, so do I, asshole. Yeah, I'm losing $500 too. You know, anyone going to bad on a bad run of luck and messing up the shoe. Like, oh, it's the butterfly effect. One card's going to ruin the whole shoe for everyone. No, it's random what the next card is going to be. It's fucking random. They reshuffle a lot in blackjack it's fucking random you know it's it, it's the dumbest thing i've ever heard of it, it, idiotic i will say that it was fun it's fun though doing the, this the shack blackjack and by the way it's just licensing you see like Shaq's face on it he's all goofy and then, like oh uh, uh, on the, the feet the foot you see shack's big size whatever fucking 20s a uh, sneaker and you try to compare your foot size to shack and you hear like from shack place your bets no more bets and that's it that's shack that's Shaq blackjack. That's the only involvement with Shaq Blackjack. This isn't like uh, there's not like slam dunks happening. There's no NBA jam cut scenes when you get when you get up. I think the only thing is there's like a little like 2005 error CG Shaq that dances around when you get Blackjack. It's really the minimal amount of Shaq in a Blackjack, game, which is probably fine. I think someone asked me does Kazam show up? Or Excuse me, Kazam, the Shazam uh, show up. Um in there, you know, anyway, it, it, it's uh it's a, uh, it was a fun weekend, though, Even know, I lost money at blackjack, I've been on a bad run of gambling the past few, a few weeks, uh, there, but that, for, to that person out there, it, fucking, just relax, and don't have a stroke playing blackjack, just deal with your own fucking screen, and I told him that, and he, he said something like he was gonna, like, fight me, or are always gonna beat up a girl in the casino, like, reference me, so you're not gonna do fucking shit, you're going to lose your money the same way everyone else is. The casino's going to win. And it's funny. The casinos don't care. The casinos won't actually do anything until someone starts fighting. Because they want to keep the game going. So, like, when he's yelling at me and other people and I'm yelling back, they, 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 they don't do anything at the casino. Because because they know people get pissed. They want the, as much money to come in as possible to be bet. You know, any slowdown on that, the casino loses money if people aren't betting. So, unless he was, like, kind of come over and do something, they're not going to do anything. And he wasn't going to do anything either. So, a fangul to that guy. There's a little Italian, New jersey it's for you there. Uh, I went back to my old uh, neighborhood in, in uh, New Jersey. My parents, I'm in Pennsylvania right now. I'm in steamy Pennsylvania, humid Pennsylvania. went back to New Jersey, the old neighborhood, and I took some pictures of the old house there. Um, and uh, I, I, I choked up. Uh, my parents sold the house a few years ago, and they gave me no warning. It was like, it went from... Uh, yeah, they were thinking about selling the house to the next time I talked to my dad, two and a half months later, yeah, the house is sold and removing. I was like, what the fuck? didn't have a chance to go back and visit it because I had to be back to the house at that point in like three years, three, four years for Thanksgiving or um, or Christmas, the ghost house. So I went back to the neighborhood taking pictures. I mean, a lot of the houses look, look the same, but um, I saw where my cats were buried. So I choked up a teeny bit with that. Um, I almost wanted to climb the fence to go to the backyard. My dad said no. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. He was even concerned maybe walking on the side of the house where there wasn't fence. I don't care what the fuck they're going to do. Kids used to run through our yard all the time. But, you know, I took I took pictures. I took pictures where I used to play street tennis and uh, street hockey. We had a little cul-de-sac at the end of the street. And I actually like had one of those <clears throat> like really bad sudden emotional choke-ups where you're ready to you're ready to ball cry. Like, you know those ones that you know those times where you're gonna cry, where it, it you don't you don't expect it. It's like a bam, it hits you. I got that hit of nostalgia and memories, like rushing to me. Where I was like, <laughs> and you know what it was? Where I lived, it was peculiar. There was like more like um the block was like circular, like there was a cul de sac. Then there was like a circular block. It wasn't like straight streets going left to right. It was like an oval. So I choked up. I wanted to do, a, you know, the lap around this like oval oh, where all these houses were, and I'd done that walk, I don't know, six thousand times throughout my childhood and teenage and my twenties. I used to run a lot. I'd run around that and do that loop, you know. So I, I, I would, I did that walk all the time to go to go towards my friends or to come back or just to walk around and just get some fresh air. Even when I come back, came back and visited after I moved out. Uh, into an apartment in my my mid to late 20s. I would just do that. So I actually took a video of me doing that walk and I I would make sure I wasn't looking down because when you look at the video uh, at an event or through your phone, like you're not, it's not up here, it's in your phone. So I made sure to like record, but then I'm looking around to take it all in. Could be the last time I go back there. I don't know. But, I fucking choked like I like it was like the literal choke up like 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 I almost started I could almost started bawling like a child in the middle of the street it was close like it would it like caught me by surprise like all like seeing like the exact houses the way they were and picture my like like little five-year-old Pat seven-year-old Pat 10-year-old Pat walking around there like it was wow like that I that had never happened to me before that sort of experience. Like, wow, I am now going back 30 years, 25 years to young, chubby, cute Pat eating way too much casey cake and Drake's cakes, which I'll get into and going through that same experience again. And it just hit me. <laughs> that ever happened to you? That <laughs> Like, holy shit. couldn't believe that. I got I mean, It really hit me. Like it was it was like a quarter second, where I'd have neighbors coming out of the house saying, first of all, who the hell are you? Why are you crying in the middle of the street? Get out of the middle of the street because I have to I leave and go to work." That's that's what what happened. But um, I saw the old neighborhood. Probably a good thing that the people that own the new own the old my old house weren't home because I'd be I would demand to go inside and then see like still so feel the ghost there, and then let it, I'd probably let it so there's ghosts in the house. Um. But yeah, speaking of Tasty Cakes, it's not a sponsor. I picked up some Tasty Cakes. This is why I was a chubby kid. Part of the reason why, besides I didn't exercise that much. and played too much NES. How about the, the Tasty Cakes? Uh, chocolate cupcakes right there. How about those? How about those you got there? You got the, the good old crimpets. You got the crimpets. Quality crimpets. There. Those are good. Some butterscotch. You got the yodels. So Drake's Cakes, uh, unlike Tasty Cakes, Tasty Cakes, oh, did I show the Tasty Cakes first? Yeah. Okay. Tasty cake. That's a tasty cake. Crimpet's just tasty cake. Butterscotch crimpet. So you can get tasty cakes, and I think a, a large chunk of the U.S. you can find it even in San Diego. Drake's though, like the Drake's yodel, you know, the, you know, the, the ones that Hostess ripped off. Like the, the Drake's originals, like, like the ring dings that were stolen by Hostess to make ding dongs, like devil dogs, and, and like, these were these are Swiss rolls. These are Hostess Swiss rolls, but they really were yodels. So this is the stuff. This is the OG stuff right here. You can't find this stuff. In uh, California, here's the, here's the iconic devil dogs. I don't have a Have one. This is the driest substance on the face of the earth. The devil dogs. And if you're listening to this uh, uh, for the audio version, the, the devil dog is too extremely dry. Oh, they describe it eight cream filled devil foods cakes. Yes, if the devil's foods cakes was drier than the Mojave Desert, like Dunkin' and milk. Uh, funny bones in the back. So funny bones were were these peanut filled substances. Um, they also used to have. Um, the, um, Sunny Doodles and Yankee Doodles, which are like the, the set of three cupcakes. They still make the, the uh, Yankee Doodles, but not the Sunny Doodles. Uh, do I have any other candy or stuff around? I think I bought a few more uh, types so I can get fat. Um, so I then um, so I bought this all in Pennsylvania. I went to Friendlies too, by the way. I got the Peanut Butter Cup Sunday. So after I visited my neighborhood, and I'm going to wrap this up soon. Um, but went to my Toys R Us. I actually looked online and saw that. My Toys R Us. Um, this was on Monday. I looked on. Excuse me. On Sunday night, I looked and saw that my Toys R Us in in my local one in Wilkes, New Jersey, was closing. I think it's closing Friday. So there was like four days left on that Monday or closing Thursday or Friday. So I go in there and I got and thinking got getting choked up. Oh, that was yeah. I got choked up there too. But <clears throat> fortunately for my, for my you know potential public embarrassment, the layout had changed so much since. My childhood. I mean, it changed. I mean, I, I've gone there before I moved out to San Diego in 2009, so I knew it changed. Like, the video games were no longer in the back. They no longer had, like, the cage in the front where you got it. The aisles were no longer vertical in the store with a couple of horizontal ones. Now they're all horizontal aisles in the Toys R Us. So the layout of the Toys R Us was entirely different. It pro- they probably changed that, I'm guessing, in the early 2000s or late 90s. They changed that layout. So I, maybe mid-2000s. So, so I understood that. But um, I still had, I, I stuck around the little barrier. There's like no no one behind there's a barrier and a sign that said no one behind this point uh, is allowed unless you're buying fixtures and shelves. So everything in the Toys R Us is for is for sale. Everything. Like all the fixtures, all the uh, all the display, there's tons all the display cases, they're not gonna be able to sell a lot of that stuff. They're just not. They're gonna be they're gonna hope that someone buys out all the Toys R Us locations and then whoever takes it over is gonna want those fixtures because they ain't selling that shit. They're not. I almost felt like buying, well, if was in California, they had, like, they had like, the, like, the the big ladders that would go up to, like, the 10 feet and things like that, but, like, the sturdy things, like, like, a library, and, and, and the shelves were great. But I bought a few things there. I figured I'd want one more Toys R Us, uh, one more Toys R Us receipt right there. What did I buy? I bought, it was, like, it was, uh... Something that was $5.99 that was 70% off for $180. Something that was $10.99 I got for three thirty, dollars And something that was $14.99 that I got for $4.50. So great deals. It wasn't 90% off. I don't know. How can it not be 90% off with, with uh, like three days left? Shouldn't it be 95% off? They had rows and rows of Skylanders figures. I'm going to tweet out some of these pictures. Now, if I had editing software on me, I, mean, I would have edited this in right now. Um, but they had rows and rows of, of Skylanders figures for 30 cents each. They're probably originally like $7.99 or $9.99. 30 cents each. I'm talking the old odd lot or odd job rows that you see in the late 80s where Star Wars figures aligned everywhere. They brought all that shit out from the back because I don't I don't think they didn't they stopped selling Skylanders figures a, a couple of years ago, didn't we talk cover that in on the podcast? They, well, I thought they weren't doing that anymore. Uh Dizzy and all that stuff. Rows, rows of figures. For $0.30 cents each. that You can tell were, that wasn't the original location. They were just getting them out of the back. They had fucking pallets of them. Not all the same. There was probably like five or six different ones. But I was going to say, why don't I buy one of these? But I didn't have a connection to it. So it's like, whatever. But I found a few things I bought. Uh, I bought a, a... They had a few different Amiibos uh, there. They had... A, I think all were Animal Crossing. They had a bunch of one. They only had one of this guy. So I bought this guy. It was cuter. I, forgot, they had, they had the, I think they had the fox character. Or is it like a raccoon character? But I got Tom Nook, amiibo. I don't. I'm not, I don't think this is worth anything because I wanted to buy something, so I got Tom Nook. There, he's adorable. I should probably use him to transfer my old uh, uh, me from my Wii U to my Switch because I'm pissed I don't have my uh, me on my Switch. So we got we got him there. Then we got. Um, this was the only one they had left there. Um, and again, I bought it because I didn't know they had these at all at Toys R Us. I got a World of Nintendo Villager figure. All of a sudden, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a freaking, uh, Animal Crossing fan. This was laying there. They, they didn't have, they didn't have any Legos left, uh, there in the store at all. They, they did have a decent amount of stuff. They had a lot of strollers. If you're having, if you're having kids or want to have a kid one day, 70% off strollers. That's a nuts, that's a nutso deal. Like, go to a Toys R Us the next couple days before they're all gone and buy that baby shit that's there. Don't buy... Not baby shit, but the shit that's associated with babies. So I got that one. And this was something goofy. This was opened up, so I made sure... I think most of the stuff is in there. But I'm going to put this together and have this for the on the podcast, so this will be my, my, my last remembrance of getting some of Toys R Us. I got um, this Mega Constructs uh, Ripley figure in the Power Loader suit. That's what I got. I got that one there. So... Yeah, that'll be that'll be cute, right there. Ian'll be jealous. But someone had opened both of them that were left for some reason. But I mean, I mean, I took the instructions out of the other ones. This one that didn't have instructions. But um, I looked and I thought all the bags were here in terms of uh, pieces. If not, well, screw me then. So that was my Toys R Us visit, and I I choked up the... <gasps> when I was leaving out the the front door. I can say that without shame. Because that will literally be the last time I walk out of a Toys R Us store. My local Toys R Us in San Diego, I didn't go to it. I didn't give a shit about it. I, I, don't, I may have bought one thing in the San Diego Toys R Us near me since I moved there the past nine years. So that that doesn't mean much to me at all there. But, you know, times change. You get older. Your parents sell your childhood house. Uh, your, your, your big uh, big box stores go out of business. Your Toys R Us go out of business. You get gray hairs. You celebrate 10 year anniversaries at your job or with your significant other or partner or on YouTube. Maybe that's where we should end this up. Things change. Times change. The light's getting low here. So it's getting grainy on my iPhone. But again, thanks so much uh, for sticking with me. I hope to put out more material and content that you enjoy uh, and not just podcasts and youtube stuff but documentaries in the future about it. I I have an idea for other uh projects uh independent video games I have an idea for for an independent video game uh something I have been thought about for years actually um I have that NES app at uh Com or Com. I got the uh, ultimatenes.com. check out the book so yeah follow this if you're on youtube click that bell if you're on if this you've listened to the audio version on podbean stitcher iTunes, Google Play, subscribe. Let people know that, you know, I'm not that bad. I've been an entertainer. And the hair's gotten better over the years, maybe. <laughs> and finally, if you want to support me and my endeavors, uh, including some exclusive stuff every now and then, some writing every now and then, check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash Again, the uh, pre-Kickstarter pre-orders for uh, Ultimate Nintendo Guide to the SNES Library is coming soon. It'll Probably come in July, and I'm going to be on Twitch in July as well. Mark my words from Castle Country Live. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. I'll see you in 2028 when all my hair is white. And I'll probably have the same Hawaiian punch shirt I'm wearing right now because nostalgia is what fuels my soul. And maybe yours as well because it makes us go back to a time that we remember fondly. And uh, we get away from the hustle and bustle of, of being an adult. Being an adult is not always fun. But it, it should be fun. Give yourself time to relax and enjoy life. Time off uh, by yourself or with the friends or your partner or whatever else, your family. And try to slow down every now and then. It's something I'm going to start doing as well. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to work on projects, but I'm not going to kill myself as badly as I have the past few years. Because I want to be able to enjoy life as I steamroll towards my 40th uh, spin around the sun. So take care, everyone. Wish me well eating all my Drake's cakes and uh, tasty cakes and uh, some surprises in store, too, uh, in the future. So look out for that NES Punk 10th anniversary video. Hope you enjoy it. Take care.